that we typically will start the fast uh, <clears throat> on a Sunday, so I believe January 10th is the second uh, Sunday in January. Then, of course, it goes for 21 days. Uh, everyone does the math real quick, and they said, well, you said January 10th to January, January 30th. That's only 20 days. It's actually 21 days. Okay, yeah, it's from a Sunday all the way through a Saturday. So I, and every year I go count on the calendar to make sure that I'm right. I'm just like, wait, one? Okay, no, it's seven, seven, it's, it's 21. Anyway, so we're going to be starting that in two Sundays from now, so you have some time uh, to do it. And then what I like about the reading plans is, one, it's out there. Uh, so you can pick it up and start at any time during the year. My goal is to kind of do that each year as a church. We read through the Bible. What I like about it is you have options. So if you want to do just kind of the New Testament and Psalms reading, you can follow one line all the way down. If you want to do just the Old Testament, you follow the second column all the way down. And if you want to do both of them, then you can, you know, follow both columns all the way down. So those are available on the back table. Uh, you can grab those uh, in, you know, January 1st is what, Friday? Is that right? When is January 1st? So it's coming quick. So we want to get those to you today so you can start that uh, coming up. For those who are watching online, uh, Sid, maybe we can post kind of like the first couple days of the reading plan uh, since they're not here. <clears throat> you know, we want to, if you wanted to start with us on January 1st, you know exactly where to start. It doesn't start necessarily in Matthew 1, so you got to just follow with us and you'll see that. Uh, I want to, just a couple notes on tithes and offerings. This is the last Sunday for your tithes and offerings to count for the 2020 calendar year. So again, we've been saying that, so anything you... you uh, you give this morning, whether it be up here or the box on the, on the way out on the left there, it will be counted towards 2020. If you mail something in and you think because it's postmarked and that you, we will receive it before the end of the year, that's not how our accounting works. We do the counting on Monday, we close the books, so we have to receive it on Sunday. So again, for those who might be giving online, who are watching online, going to our website and giving, or texting to give. If you do that today, we actually won't receive it till sometime next week, so it won't be counted for this year's giving. So just to make sure there's clarity out there uh, for that. So I just want to read a quick scripture, and then I want to pray over our tithes and offerings and get into the word for this morning. You know, I'm using the same scripture as I did last week. It's Matthew 6.33. But seek first his kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So after church, I gave the story last week that Ruby was asking about, what are all these things? What are all these things that get added to me? And so I began to explain those to her, and I talked about those last week. Well, after church last week, my wife says, well, seek first his kingdom. What does that mean? So that could be a whole sermon series on his kingdom, and what does that mean? But here's what I want to tell you this morning. We pray in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are praying for Jesus' return. We are praying for his reign. We are praying that he will rule and reign on this earth. He sets up his kingdom, an actual kingdom. But while we wait, that prayer that we're praying is for this kingdom right here. We are praying that he rules and reigns in this kingdom. And when we seek his kingdom, which means his will for our lives, Jesus in our lives, we begin to operate with a kingdom mindset because we begin to realize that we are truly a child of God. And you can't have a kingdom without any people in the kingdom. And you can't have a kingdom without a king. 
And so we, each and every one of us, need to make Jesus our king. We need to seek him and his righteousness and what he wants in our own lives, including our finances, including our relationships, including every area of our life. You know, our desire when we truly recognize his kingdom and what that means in us, we want that kingdom to be spread across the entire globe. And what happens in part of the church's responsibility is to equip the believers to go do the work of the ministry. And so when that kingdom really begins to resonate on the inside of us, we want to share that kingdom and we want to expand that kingdom and our heart begins to break for the lost for the sick, for the poor, for those in need, those who are searching for something that we have, which is his kingdom. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness in this very turbulent year. Father, I thank you that you are with us and for us. Father, I thank you that you bless every gift, every giver. Father, I thank you, Lord, that it says that you love a cheerful giver. And so, Father, we give cheerfully back to you what you've asked us to give. We pray that you will multiply it both in our lives and our church. And, Father, we ask continually that as a church that we can be debt-free so that we can move and operate and do the things that you've called us to do with flexibility. Father, and also with quickness as you lead us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up the series, what we've been calling Comfort and Joy. It's been kind of a three-part series that started last Sunday. I picked it up on Wednesday night during our Christmas service, which was absolutely wonderful. Anybody who was here, it was a beautiful, beautiful service. I love doing that candle lighting at the end and singing Silent Night. Uh, What a beautiful time. Uh, we had. And then I want to finish it on this Sunday, but if you remember, I've started walking through the book of 1 John. So I may finish the series called Comfort and Joy, and we're going to move into a different series starting after Pastor Jim shares next Sunday, so two Sundays from now. But we're going to continue to walk through the book of 1 John. Okay? You guys following me? So my goal is at the end of all this, at the end of January, whenever we finish, is not only are you reading through the Bible and gaining insight daily from the Lord and His Holy Spirit, you will leave this time of studying First John together and you will have a really deep understanding of one of the books of the Bible. Amen? That's kind of my goal and what I'd like to see over the next couple of weeks and as we enter into the new year. At the same time, we're fasting and praying. Come on, guys. I mean, we, can we be any more excited to end 2020 and get ready for 2021? Can I get an amen to that? Amen? Okay. So what I want to do this morning is I'm calling this comfort and joy, but I'm calling this the year in review. And here's, here's what I believe the Lord had showed me. Is, you know, I pray and I ask the Lord, what is it that he wants to share on a Sunday morning? What message series does he want to go do? What does he need the people to hear? What does he need me to hear? And out of the overflow of what he's teaching me, I will be able to sometimes teach you guys as well. And I just asked the Lord, I was like, show me 2020. You've been faithful, you've been good. Show me 2020. What did it look like? What does that year in review really look like? And he started telling me, he's like, you know, even before we started the year, there was these words of reckoning, 
of a sifting, of a shaking, of all these things. And we started out the year with a series called, does anybody remember? Revival. Revival. And we're ending the year going, what? Revival. Are you kidding me? I don't know, what's that from? Oh, anybody see that coach who like flips out when somebody asks him about the playoffs? Playoffs, right? So this is what I'm thinking, like, revival? Are you kidding? Like, what do you mean revival? Are you joking me? And the Lord was just like, why don't you go look at some of the messages you gave? So let's look at the scripture that we talked about when we were talking about revival as we started the year. Second Chronicles 7. I'm going to read this to you. And what I'm going to do is walk through just a little snippet of each of the sermon series that we did this year and watch what the Lord has weaved together. I wish I could say, oh man, it's Pastor Jason, I was so forethoughtful and I was doing December series back in January and I knew how the year was going to play out. No, 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 but God did. And he has helped us and led us through this entire year. Revival, if my people who are called by my name, this is starting in verse 14 for those who are watching online, 2 Chronicles 7, I'm going to read 14 through 16. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Verse 15 says, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers made in this place. Verse 16, for now I have chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. It starts with if. If we do what? If we humble ourselves. The way to revival is we have to begin to humble ourselves. Has anybody been humbled in 2020? You can raise your hand or not, but my hand, my double hand is up. My expectations, my thoughts, the reality of what I thought would play out and the excitement turned into something completely different. I was humbled. We all were humbled in how this year played out. It says if they'll humble themselves, God help us with that, and pray. This has been a year of prayer. I believe next year is going to be a year of prayer as well. We've had times of prayer and fasting we, did the, we got gathered together doing prayer uh, for Washington, D.C. It says, seek my face. Seek my face. I'll tell you what, this year has caused me to seek his face. It has caused me to seek his face. Whether it's been the pandemic, the election, racial tensions, you name it. I had to seek his face over and over and turn from their wicked ways. I think I've said the word repentance probably more in the past year than maybe we've ever heard as a church in the past 30. Nothing against previous leadership. It's just something the Lord is working on in 2020. That's what the scripture is talking to us about. If we will turn from our wicked ways. And he's talking to the church here. Okay, and that's what we, talk, we opened the year, is this is a shifting and a shaking of the church. Not just of the world that we live in. This has been a reckoning, a realization, and where is my alignment, where is my allegiance so when it comes to Jesus Christ. That is what he's showing us here this year. We see all this other stuff going around. It's like, 
peripheral damage or whatever you want to call it. He is showing and revealing us what idols have we set up personally? What idols have we set up as a church that we need to repent for and to turn from? And I believe that this is still in process, guys. It's still in process. God doesn't work in calendar years. I mean, he works with the calendar, and dates and times and numbers mean a lot to him. I think 20 means like war or something like that, right? So go 2020, war upon war. How many have felt that this year, right? So God operates with numbers, and he, and he works that way, but he doesn't work on a calendar date. It's not like December 31st comes, we all do a dance and say, yay, everything is over, and we start fresh. Pretty sure the pandemic will still be around on January 1st, unless God decides maybe he will. I shouldn't say that. Maybe God will shut it down on December 31st, but I don't know. It doesn't work that way, but this is a thing that's still in process. We started 2020, and he's still working on each and every one of us individually and as a church. And it says, then, 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 then he will hear us. Then he will forgive their sins and heal their land. I believe that we're still in a process of that. And we said in that series, first and foremost, revival starts where? Right here in our hearts. And I can tell you, it's been a year of revival for me, personally. Where has my allegiance been? Where has my desire to please others, and where does that rank versus Jesus in my life? Ugh. Decisions we had made this year, we have not made everybody happy. Shocking. We have not made everybody happy. But my goal, I've realized, the Lord is showing me, is not to make everybody happy. It's to be obedient to what he is asking you to do. So ask yourself, are you doing things and making choices and decisions in your life to make others happy, or are you doing it to please him and what he is doing in your life? We need to be a people of obedience. We're going to get to a scripture that talks about that in a minute. So we did revival series, and we walked into then the pandemic hit, and we did the Jesus Is series. Jesus Is. I believe we did that probably for the whole time for those two months in which we were meeting only virtually, which I did not like, but we did it. <clears throat> uh, and it says, Jesus is everything we need. We talked about Jesus is love. Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our provider. Jesus is risen. Of course, that was the Easter message. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is our rescuer and our redeemer. Can I get an amen to that? He is our rescuer and our redeemer. Not the political party we wanted or thought was going to get elected. Or who even shows up in office in January. I don't even know. I stopped caring and watching. God's going to do what he's going to go do. We just need to be a people that pray and love others. We'll get to that in a minute. And the last one I did in that series was Jesus is returning. Jesus is returning. And I believe that we are in a time and a day where, of course, every day we're one day closer. I get it. But I believe that we are either in the generation or our children generation very much might see the actual return of Jesus to this earth. And if that is the case, then what do we do? How do we operate? And we moved into a series called the Holy Spirit. 
And we begin to look at how the Holy Spirit can help us and guide us and his gifts and the fruit that he provides so that we can walk and navigate the craziness of this world. And that we have to do only rely on him and him alone. And to hear his voice. We talked about how to hear his voice. How to walk by the Holy Spirit. What the gifts of the Holy Spirit were. And we believe that in these last days, or these times of transition, which I'll get to in a minute, that we begin to say there's going to be more and more of an outpouring of the gifts of the Spirit. Because quite honestly, our faith will move from the medical system to God. Our faith will move from our employer to God. Our faith will move from our spouse to our God. And he is calling us to count and trust him and him alone. And we have to be able to rely on the Holy Spirit. He is there. He is faithful to be our guide. And we can trust in him and him alone. And then we moved into the end time series. And I got questions. Pastor Jason, why would you ever talk about the end times? It's so drab. There's so much destruction. And things are terrible. Well, I actually preached on it to give us hope. To say, you know what? God is still with us. He is for us. And he will see us through the end. And if we could keep our eyes focused on eternity and what the thousand year reign looks like in, on this earth with Jesus as our king, the actual kingdom set up, then God coming down the third earth and the first earth coming together in this glorious thing that we spend all of eternity on, we can be excited that we're in the last days because we're getting so close to that. Yes. And you're like, oh, that's great. But why are you telling me all these things? I don't know what to do today. What does the church look like tomorrow? What am I supposed to go do? How am I to act? And we took, that's what we call the end time series, which we transitioned to the transition time series. Because it's not the end. It's not the end. End time series, it was a terrible, terrible uh, sermon series title. So I changed it midway. It's the time of transition. Time does not end. Does everybody understand that? All of eternity will continue to be all of eternity. It's where we spend our time for all of eternity, which hangs in the balance. And each and every one of us, those listening, have to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. If we are to spend eternity reigning and ruling with him. That was that series. Then we moved into the ECF series, the vision series. Because if Jesus is everything, and we're looking for a revival, and the Holy Spirit is here to help us and lead us and guide us, and here's what we see coming, what do we do as a church? How do we operate? How do we act? If that's coming, then what do we do now? It would be, it would be silly if you saw and knew something that was coming, and you didn't begin to act differently in preparation for it. It'd be like me saying, you know what, somebody so-and-so, it's prophesied that you're going to lose your job in two months from now. It'd be a terrible prophecy. I never want to give it. Lord, please don't let me ever give that prophecy. But if it happens and you knew that was coming, would you be like, well, I don't know if I should subscribe to Netflix anymore. Right? I mean, you would start backing off a little bit of the things that you held tight before. You begin to reevaluate everything. And so that's what I did in that series. What I'm asking us to do as a church, we get to start reevaluating all of this stuff. Church, what is it? What is church? 
It's just Sunday morning. We all just show up for a little bit and then go home and wait till next Sunday. That's not church. This building is not church. Kids ministry is not church. Adult ministry is not church. Church is us. We are the church. God has died. He sent his son Jesus to die for us. We're the church. And what do we do and how do we act? And I began to lay out this vision series. How will we reach a million souls for Jesus Christ in northwest Pennsylvania? How will we see the lost saved and the sick healed and lives transformed and families thriving? We have to be a people that prays. And the takeaways were it was one reaching one. It was each of you being called to fulfill the purpose and calling in your life. You being equipped to walk in the calling that has, God has on your life to minister to the people that God has placed right in front of you. That's how we reach a million people. You can't have enough services in this, on this property to reach a million people. It is not about this property. It's not about this building. If we are to reach a million people, it's one at a time. One reaching one. Reaching out, seeing the lost saved, seeing the sick healed. Being involved in each other's lives. Having fellowship together. Breaking bread together. Having relationships together. Walking through this life together. I've always said it. Nobody tells me about their marriage problems during the break on Sunday morning. I walk around. I greet 20, 30, 50 people. Hey, Pastor Jason, my marriage is terrible. It's falling apart. It doesn't happen here. It doesn't happen on a Sunday morning. And if it's not happening in the walk of your life, in relationship and fellowship with other believers and other people, then it's not happening at all. Then you're isolated and you're by yourself and the enemy has you exactly where he wants you to be. But I go to church every Sunday morning. Is that, is that the definition of a Christian? Does that make her, does that make her, that, when we get before him in heaven, say, 80% church attendance, God. I did it, man. I, I, I hit the cutoff. What cutoff? Did we seek him and his kingdom? Did we have fellowship with one another? Were we allowing others to disciple us? Were we discipling others? Acts 2, verse 42. This is what the early church looked like. It says, and they continued steadfastly. This is church. You ready to hear what church is and looks like? And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. The word and fellowship. The word and fellowship. The word and fellowship. I opened up the Comfort and Joy series with there's two things you got to do. You got to invite Jesus in, and he is the word, and you got to have fellowship with others. Otherwise, everything else you tried doesn't work. In the breaking of bread and in prayers, the breaking of bread with each other, families together, families reaching families, and in prayers. Verse 43, then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Many wonders and signs. This church, I've said from the beginning when we took over, will be marked by miracles. We will continue to see miraculous moves of God, and we will be marked by them. You know what mark? Mark means actually like you have, a, you have something, 
that can remind you of it. Sometimes it's a scar, literal scar. Sometimes it's a scar here. But he works all things together for good. For those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. Verse 44. Now all who believed were together. They had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Sounds like a community that I'd like to be a part of. Verse 46. So continually daily with one accord in the temple and the breaking of bread from house to house, collectively and out in house to house, they ate food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. That means as you fellowship together, you actually have favor with others outside of the church body. What is the purpose of that? Is to expand his kingdom, to share the gospel message. And look what happened. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Takes the pressure off. <laughs> All we have to do is just be obedient. To share what the Lord has shared us. Talking to somebody this morning via text. Says, you know what? The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say when you need to say it. Trust him. Sure, we have to plan. We have to prepare certain times and certain things. But sometimes we see ourselves caught into a situation where an opportunity to share something comes up an opportunity to pray for someone that comes up, we begin to think, ah, what if I don't say the right thing? What if the words I say aren't exactly right? No. The Lord added to them daily. Don't worry about adding them to the kingdom. Just share what the Lord has told you to share. And he does the work. You don't do the convicting. Sorry, guys. Men, women, children, you're not the convictors. The Holy Spirit does the convicting. We're just to love others. And to point them to Jesus. So here we are. Comfort and joy. When I say the word comfort, I don't mean comfort like in a cozy, brand new, sleeping thing that you got for Christmas. Sipping your, you know, mocha latte on the couch watching your favorite Christmas movie in complete silence in your house because all of your kids are off doing something very well behaved and reading. Reading the Bible. Okay, this is my, this is my, you know, my vision of comfort. Right, we all have this vision, ooh, comfort. Whatever it is, you have it in your own mind, right? I got, you know, I got my, oh, just so cozy, sitting on the couch, watching football, sipping my coffee, whatever, comfort. No, I'm not talking about that type of comfort. I'm talking about a comfort that only God can bring. A comfort that nothing in this world can actually bring. We say comfort and joy. Sometimes in order to get to comfort, we have to go through some trials and some challenges and some things that he's working on. The road to comfort sometimes looks a little difficult. It is a little difficult. Count it all joy when you go through many trials. Are you kidding me? Can we count 2020 as joy? Come on, church. Can we count 2020 as a year of joy? Come on, church. Can we count 2020 as a year of joy? Absolutely we can. Because the Bible is true. And the promises in the Bible are true. And we can count it all joy because we know 
that that testing, those trials, those situations cause that perseverance. And it begins to develop the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of us like patience and joy. And when we're walking in those things, we can actually walk in comfort in the way that God wants us to walk in comfort, not in our slippers. So let me pick up where I left off in 1 John. 1 John 2. We kind of finished uh, 1 John 1 last week. Actually on the Christmas service. 1 John 2. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. And I'm going to give you three things on what I believe the Lord wants us to go do as we exit this year. I've just been so thankful to the Lord for what he did. If you look at those sermon series and what he how he developed, I had no idea what we were doing when we first started the year. I just knew revival. And you know, you just go one step at a time. But I believe he's still working on revival. And I believe he's showing us that revival looks a little bit different than what we thought it looked like. It says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Come on, guys. The first thing we enter, exit this year and enter next year in, we have to be rooted and grounded with Jesus. There's going to be three things that you need to be rooted and grounded in. And the first one is Jesus and his word. Because Jesus is the word. They're one and the same. They're not two separate points. We have to be rooted and grounded. Look at that. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate. Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's the righteous one. He paid the price. That's why we do communion every week. To remember, we have to constantly keep that in front of us on what he did for us. We have to be rooted and grounded with Jesus. How do we do that? We have to walk with him every day. We have to invite him in to the dark places. We talked about at the Christmas service. We have to read the word of God. We have to make this a habit this year, a new habit. I actually was intentional in creating the bookmarks the past couple months to get people on a rhythm of reading the Bible so that January 1st reading the Bible is not a New Year's resolution. It's a habit that has already been established. Because New Year's resolutions come and go. We all make them and we never keep barely any of them. I hear you. I'm with you. But I, we purposely said bookmark for the last couple, four months. Can we begin a, a, a habit of dig, digging into God's word day in and day out so that we can be rooted and grounded in that word so that no matter what happens out here, no matter what happens out there, no matter what happens in our life, we are rooted and grounded in the foundation of Jesus Christ and his word. We have to enter 2021 this way. The Bible says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Good church. I'd rather have you read the Bible and dig into the Bible. I can't believe I'm going to say this. On a regular basis and being fed the word of God than showing up to church here on a Sunday morning. You can amen me or not. I'd rather have five people here and have 120, 150, 200, 
300, 1,000 out there digging into the word of God and fellowshipping with Jesus and doing it on such a consistent basis that they are abiding, abiding, abiding with Jesus and his word day in and day out. So what about church attendance? We've already had that debate earlier in the message, remember? 80% cut off, just kidding. This is, our, this is what we want. It's not the fancy preacher up here. That you guys can listen to all the greatest preachers in the world, but if you are not looking at this, if you are not asking the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in this, and what does he have to say to you personally, it doesn't matter what Kenneth Copeland is trying to tell you. It doesn't matter what somebody else is trying to tell you. What is God speaking to you? Are they great teachers? We can debate that. We can go through on and on on who the greatest teachers in the Bible are or whatever. But the Holy Spirit, let me tell you who the greatest teacher is. And it's the Holy Spirit. Ain't better than anybody who has ever walked this earth from a biblical teaching perspective. So don't give me for a minute, well, I get, I, I get fed only by this person or that person. No, you don't get fed by anybody. You need to start getting fed by the Holy Spirit. And this is my heart's desire for you to be rooted and grounded in Jesus and his word. We have to abide in him, as we already mentioned in 2021. All scripture is breathed out of God. All of it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, uh, correcting. Nobody likes to be corrected. But the scriptures will correct you if you allow them to. Amen. Max knows. For reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We need to dig into the word of God. Verse 2. 1 John 2, verse 2 now. And he himself is a propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the whole world. The whole world. Verse 3. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commands. Year 2021 needs to be a year where we are rooted and grounded in the Holy Spirit. Notice I didn't say in complete and total obedience, because we ain't going to be able to do it completely on our own. We need the Holy Spirit. We want to walk in obedience, we have to walk with the Holy Spirit. This is not a year of striving and trying, it's a year of abiding with him. What did I say? <laughs> it's not written down anywhere. What did I say? This is a year not of striving and trying, but of abiding with him. We must be rooted and grounded with the Holy Spirit. That's point two. Rooted and grounded. How do we keep his commands? By the power of the Holy Spirit to help us do it. You can try and try and try. And say, I'm going to get up, pull my, what's the word? To pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Whatever that even means, I don't even know. You ever try to pull yourself up? You can't actually pull yourself up at all. I don't even know. I understand what that means. That, whatever. You guys, what I'm trying to say, it's just constantly that I can do better, I can do more, I can do better. And yes, there's this heart of wanting to please God, but what he's asking us to do is stop trying and striving so much and just abide with him. Hear his voice. The Bible says, be still and know him. Be still and know him. Not run fast and know him. It says be still and know him. 
Be still and know that I am God. We have to stop for a minute. The last, the last point here, worship team, if you want to come back up, we're going to end this year worshiping with the goodness of God again. Verse 4 says this. So we need to be rooted and grounded with Jesus and his word. We need to be rooted and grounded in the Holy Spirit. Verse 4 says this. And he says, I know him. He who says this, I know him, but does not keep his commands as a liar. And the truth is not in him. Verse 5, look at this. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. We must be rooted and grounded in God's love. We have to be rooted and grounded in his love. Holy Spirit will help us obey his commands. We have to keep Jesus as our focus. We have to be rooted and grounded and receive and accept his love. For you and for me, right where you are. And this love that we're talking about here is agape love. It's God's perfect love. No matter what you did, no matter how you struggled, no matter your sin, no matter whatever it is, you have to be rooted and grounded that God loves you, that he cares about you, that he sees you, that he loved you so much he sent his son to the cross for you. That he loves you so much he left his Holy Spirit here to lead you and to guide you. 2021, we have to be rooted and grounded in his love for us. And then verse 6 says this. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk as he walked. So in 2021, let us walk as Jesus walked. Let us talk like Jesus talked. Let us love like Jesus loved. And the only way to do that is to abide with Jesus and to be with him. You can't talk like somebody if you're not around them. I could spend about 10 minutes with somebody from Great Britain and I feel like that little accent coming on. Come on, everybody know what I'm talking about? Or maybe spend some time with someone from Ireland and you start giving the little Irish twang to certain things when you're talking. The same goes when we're spending time with Jesus. We're spending time in his word. We begin to talk like him. We begin to walk like him. We begin to act like him. And we can do it only by the power of the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us. So bow your heads this morning. Close your eyes. You say, Pastor Jason, I, I hear what you're saying. This message is for me. I need to be rooted and grounded in his word, in Jesus and his word. I need to be rooted and grounded in the Holy Spirit. And I need to be rooted and grounded in his love. If that's you, just slip your hand up this morning. I want to pray for you those that this has resonated with this morning. Thank you. Heavenly Father, you see these hands. Father, I ask for more of you. 
More of you, more of you, more of you. Father, may we enter this year being rooted and grounded in Jesus, in His Word. May we be rooted and grounded in the Holy Spirit as we seek to obey Your commands. Father, let us be rooted and grounded in love, in Your love for us, and in turn, as we truly receive and accept and accept that, that your love for others that will come through us. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask one more question. If there's anybody here this morning who has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, he said, I can't, I can't go on anymore. I can't do this anymore on my own. I need to be rooted and grounded in Jesus. Point one, you caught me there. I stopped there. I need Jesus in my life. If that's you this morning, maybe, maybe for the first time, or maybe you've walked away. Maybe you, you, you used to walk with Jesus, but he is, you feel he's so far from you. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that Jesus will enter into your darkest places and bring light that only he can bring. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand up. Come on, anybody at all. No one's looking around. Okay. Max, I got you, bro. If you're watching online and that's you, I just ask that you just pray now and invite Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior. It's a simple prayer, but oh, it's a t it leads to so much more. If that was you this morning and you're here physically, we're going to have some prayer teams that are going to come up at the end of, end of this worship song, and they can pray for you. Whatever it might be, maybe it's to receive Jesus, healing, from God, whatever it is, relationship, they'll be up here to pray with you. So stand with me, all of you. I texted Sydney this weekend, maybe it was last night or whatever. She loves it because I give her last minute things all the time. Like, hey, Sid, can you add a song? This is like at nine o'clock this morning. She's like, no, I can't. <laughs> That's okay. I get it for sure. But what I asked her to do is that we were going to end 2020, the last service, worshiping God. We are going to sing the goodness of God, for he is good and he is faithful, he is just, he is merciful. So church, just raise your voices up. Sing a hallelujah this morning. Sing to him and his goodness and his faithfulness, because he is good no matter what we see going on around us. Amen? So we're going to worship and then the prayer team will come up here at the end and we'll close out service. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. You are so, so good. Father, we thank you that we can count it all joy, 2020. <laughs> that we can intentionally look back and see you moving and working in our lives, in our hearts, in our families. You're returning our focus to you. 
We thank you that you are good. And we worship you in Jesus' name. Prayer teams, if you want to come up here. I want to end this service with a benediction this morning. I think I used it on the first Sunday out of Ephesians 3, verse 20. You know, that little immeasurably more scripture. And I believe that 2020 for a lot of us looked a lot different exiting than when we thought what it would look like entering. But this is a truth of the Bible that remains the same going into 2021 as it did at the beginning of 2020. It says this, Now to him who is able, come on guys, now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory. Church, to him be the glory. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen? Amen. Have a blessed new year. We'll see you January 3rd, one week from today. Have a great, great week.